Yes, people, what's going down on the 9th of July 1978? Shit happened, man. Shit happened, and today you are reaping the benefits of that occurrence. What the hell is happening, people? Yo, we're coming a day early because I am. Yo, I'm doing my thing, baby. Yes, it's the birthing day. So I'm keeping up the little tradition and I'm putting out a birthday goddamn podcast. Ha <laughs> ha. Yup. That's how we do, man. And so I had to come in with some classic hove. And um, yeah, boy, it's been it's been a good few days. Ain't gonna lie. There's, I mean, yeah, there's been some shit, but there's been a lot of positives. So, yeah, I'm pretty psyched, man. I'm pretty psyched at the moment. You know what I mean? And also, like, yo, one, um, yo, I've I've mentioned her before, Jessica Graham, right? So I got talking to her at Sci-Fi London, and um. Yo, she posts some really thought-provoking shit on Instagram. And I have to say, it does trigger shit in your mind. So, you know what I mean? And Like, I think it, it stirs the subconscious. So, there's been a few situations recently where, where maybe, normally, I would have kept things... You know what I mean? A bit on the low. But it's just like, you know what? Fuck it. This is what I'm doing. And, hey, the benefits have been good. Benefits have been good, boy. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. Like, I think it's very important to keep positivity close to you. You know what I mean? All them people that are just talking shit. You know what I mean? You need to bounce them. Because they're not helping you. You know? You don't need their bullshit easing its way into your subconscious and causing any self-doubt. And an interesting thing, man, uh, talking about that. So, yo, if you don't listen to it, you need to check out Firing in the hole. Fire in the hole. It's Jimmy Martinez's podcast. And yo, it's the truth. Ain't gonna lie. You know what I mean? Yo, Jimmy keeps it authentic. You know what I mean? And like this week's pod what well, last week's podcast. Though he like he said some like things that I've always thought, right? So as I, as I was just saying, the fake people you need to get or get rid of because there's too many of them. Like, and these are the people that um, you know what I mean. You help them along the way. You help them out. It might not be anything too groundbreaking. 
You know what I mean? Like maybe it's it's not like financial or anything like that, but you support them, you help them, and they get somewhere. Instead of then passing on like the things that they've learned getting there, yo, they turn around and they kick down that ladder. Now I know some of those motherfuckers, right? know some of those motherfuckers, some of these fake fucking fools that, you know, like, like so many people want to be a Gary V. You know, so many people want to be a David Goggins, right? And it's just like, listen, you're forcing it, ain't ever going to happen. If that shit happens, it's got to be organic. And you, my friend, you ain't that person, you know? But they want to be that. So they don't want you in their radar. Because they think that you're going to try and take their shine. It's just like, listen, motherfucker. I want to be you. I want to be, I don't want your shit. I'm just doing me. Right? And where you have helped them, you have helped promote their shit. They don't do a thing for you. So what do you do? Bounce them. Bounce them. And that's what Jimmy was saying. And it's just like, yeah, true words, son. True words. Because as I was saying, you don't need those foolish people. Don't need them, man. So yeah. Yo, that's the that's the yearly lesson. You know what I mean? Just make sure that you... I guess, like, listen, you just persevere in the things that you want. And, yeah, you're going to come across some hurdles. But you just keep on going. And that's the plan. Look, there's some things coming. There's some things coming. And I'm excited. Right? You know what I mean? Just a, a few little things I need to sort out. And then we're coming hard. And yeah. So expect some announcements in the upcoming months, people. Expect it. Because it's coming. <laughs> yes. But let's get on with today's podcast. And um, so, yo, it, as I said, look, the week's been very uh very full so um yeah went to the bfi saw like um spikes spike lee's do the right thing which is its 30th anniversary which just insane i hadn't even realized it had been that long you know what I mean? so there was that went to see stevie wonder um, which was big, and there's some other positives happening, but, uh, yeah, you will, you know, we will get to that, just a little bit of news, and then we're getting into the, the core of everything, is, um, this could be a long one, this could be a long one, but we're, we're gonna try and keep it short, we're gonna try and keep it a shorter episode. But we'll see how it goes. Alright, let's get to it. Oh my gosh, so... 
I saw, there's a, there's a piece on um the BBC website that is so ridiculous it just makes me roll my eye if i could roll my eyes i would be rolling my eyes i don't can't really roll my well i think it's because i got a stigma so it's just like they don't roll they just go anyway um it's so it's anthony gromley or gormley gormley yes gormley and he is gormless is amongst 80 people I think it's probably I think it's artists they're all artists who are urging the uh, the National Portrait Gallery to end its sponsorship with BP which is ridiculous so BP um, they sponsor the gallery's uh, portrait award, which goes on every year, and it's it's great. I go with um with my friends. We go every year. We check it out, and um, yeah, it's free. <laughs> so it's it, you know what I mean like the sponsorship enables. The gallery to put this on for free and I imagine do some other stuff as well right which is you know it's the thing but like Gormley and these other artists are saying that BP is using culture to make us all feel this is a company that cares about the future of mankind, but it very clearly doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. I think my man is an idiot. He's an idiot. Right? So, um, <laughs> you know, they're, they're also saying, so they wrote this letter to the director of the gallery. And um, this, the, you know, the artists state that BP's ongoing sponsorship is lending credence to the company's misleading assurance that it's doing all it can. And so we as artists feel we must speak up. We believe that today the losses of the loss of BP as a source of funding is a cost worth bearing. Until the company changes course and enables future generations to make art in a world that resembles our own. I'm just like, who the fuck are you kidding? Who the fuck are you kidding? Now, Gormley went on Radio 4 and he said this too. Art is about giving a platform for sustainable futures. It is very clear that this is not a part of BP's remit. <laughs> we are in crisis. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. We are all immersed in a fossil fuel culture. We all are culpable. 
but there are a few organizations and governments that can do something about it right so the thing is they're calling for bb to go right so bp go which then means that like the awards the, the you know the the awards that exhibition is no longer free do you think the same amount of people are gonna go when you have to pay to go in right so that's the big thing now because how much are they gonna put price on that's the question like yo if it's say 15 pounds to go in who how many people are gonna pay to go in and look at this stuff and what other roll-on effect is that gonna have on the gallery which will then have a roll-on effect to the people that want to go to the gallery because it you know the price of everything will then go up everything will go up so he like oh it's all well and good for him to go oh yeah well you know because it's not affecting him it's not affecting him it's going to affect the public that want to go and see the art and it's all well and good going oh well they can you know they can handle it but not everyone's rolling in fucking money and when your disposable income is at a certain level hey you have to think to yourself all right what can i do and what can't i do all right well probably no annual portrait award loud that you know what I mean? That's what's gonna happen. And this whole bullshit about art <laughs> being a uh, platform for a sustainable future. No, no, don't try and say that's all art is because art is many things, many things to many different people. Like some people are making art for a whole heap of other reasons. To say that all art is about sustainability, you're talking out your ass. He's talking out his ass. See, he's gormly. He's gormless. He's a fucking fool. You're trying to grandstand when you know I mean nothing is affecting you, but it's gonna affect others. Well, well done, you fool. I, and who are you going to get to replace BP? So this is the thing, right? If you break down any organization, you're going to find shit that you're like, oh, I don't agree with that. That's a bit, oof. I mean, look at what, you know, Papa John's, right? So Papa John's said something and... Yeah, he got himself fired, right? He got himself fired. Now, when you actually read into it, it was a bit, it was a bit fuckeries, was a bit fuckeries. But anyway, it's like like people might have gone, oh, I'm not going to eat in Papa John's. Then what are you going to do? Pizza? Because that's a load of shit. But it's just like you break down any organization, like. I know for a fact, I've read articles, was it Chick-fil-A in America? They're uh, mad Christian, right? So does that mean you don't go get Chick-fil-A? You have to separate yourselves from these things because 
does is the food anything to do with the directors that have these views? No, nothing to do with it. So that's the thing. You look into any organization, there's going to be aspects of that organization that you do not like, you do not agree with. So what do you then do? Because you will be left with not being able to do a thing. Not being able to do a thing. And another thing, right? You have all these people talking about sustainability. And, you know, we need to make these changes and blah, blah, blah. Go to their houses. Because I know so many people that went on the fucking march earlier in the year. They they go on holiday. They jump on a plane. Because if you are really that, you know what I mean, militant about it, you're not doing that. You're not doing that until, you know, clean energy has been found. But these people are hypocrites. So many fucking hypocrites, man. And it's just, it's infuriating. Because they get to grandstand and make these stupid claims. Now, these 80 artists making this fucking stupid petition, right? So they're all patting themselves on the back going, oh, look at us. We've done this. Oh, aren't we great? And, you know, like Gormless has gone on the radio and he's grandstanding. He's talking. He's fucking jibber jabber. It's like, listen, think how it's affecting other people. Think how it could close off the arts to other people. Think about that. Fucking fool. It's just a foolish notion. Just to make out. Because, look, you have to be an idiot. If you think just because an organization is sponsoring something that they're all oh, that they're good, no, no one believes that it is is a ridiculous thing. If you were to believe that, you are a complete and utter fool. So to 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 use that as as a point in your argument. Just shows what a fool Gormless is and his little um, army of fuckwits. It's like five people, five of these 80 artists are Turner Prize winners. So they're taking sponsorship money because they, you know, they won money with that prize. So the organization. That you know, don't gave that money. Are you ha- like if you have you looked into that organization? Are they squeaky clean? Because I bet they're not. But you took that fucking prize money. You took that prize money to benefit and enable you to do art and shit. So do not be all self fucking righteous now. And try and make these fucking bullshit claims. Because it's ridiculous. It's all ridiculous. People need to shut the fuck up. Because funding is a difficult thing to come by these days. 
Just trust me. Look, I've worked at many organizations and we've had to get funding for a lot of different projects. That's difficult. It's very difficult. And another thing people need to realize, a lot of the funding that was coming in was coming from the EU. So if Brexit goes through, that's all locked off. So you can't then, you know, poke your nose at an organization that's going to give money. Because you're like, oh, but we think that they're bad. Shut up. Shut up. Also not, how many organizations are giving money to the arts? Let's look at that. Let's look at that. Because if there was a load of organizations giving money to the arts... The Natural Portrait Gallery would have got the petition and gone, yeah, fuck it. We'll just bring blah, blah, blah in. Oh, innocence. Let's say innocence. Yeah, we'll bring those drink boys in and they can give us a hundred grand every year. Or however friggin' much it is. Probably a meal, right? It's probably a, a, at least a cool meal. But that didn't happen because it's not happening. These organizations aren't giving money to the arts. So if you really want to cut your nose off to spite, well, it's not your face, it's everyone else's face. Then fuck you and fuck the art that you're doing. Yeah. How about that? How about everyone boycotts your bullshit? Right? boycotts your bullshit or writes letters to the gallery saying we don't want to see your shit there how about that hmm foolish people yo so something that just makes me feel so ill and i just find crazy is this whole Jeffrey Epstein shit. It's just like, you know, especially because just the other week, right? So you had a few people complaining that Louis did a set of Skankfest. I'm just like, you motherfuckers, you should be talking about this. This is the real grime. Because... Yo, so, ah, oh, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, it is ridiculous, my man, ah, oh, it's, it's foul, so, he, he had, he, you know what I mean, ah, oh, god damn it, man, alright, so, in 2008, he he pled guilty because he was in he he was possibly facing a life in jail for sexually abusing a whole gang of teenage girls not like i say a gang of girls but i mean a load of girls he's been abusing a load of teenage girls which is that's that's foul 
so teenage like it must be under 16 right which is just like what the fuck are you doing what are you doing which is just like eesh. so he did that right so he he's he's meant to be facing um like a lifetime in jail right but he he was able to plead instead for soliciting and procuring a person under the age of 18 for prostitution you know what I mean which <laughs> oh, which is ridiculous so from a life sentence he was able to get 13 months in jail and then he had to be registered as a sex offender that was it 13 months but 13 months is low if he had just molested one person but the fact that he molested a whole heap of poor girls that's outrageous it's fucking outrageous man you know what I mean and the fact that he was able to do it he was able to do it it is just and um like Alexander Acosta who um is the current labor secretary he approved the deal that motherfucker approved the deal so you have to think that he's suspect right because a normal person wouldn't approve that deal right so you think what you know what I mean what dirt has Acosta done and what dirt have people got on him because a normal person isn't gonna let a fucking monster have 13 months in fucking jail for that hell no so man I'm like the White House need to do something because they're investigating this dude now. So, yo, they need to do something about that because that's suspect. You know what I mean? To me, that screams suspect. So yeah, but the thing is, all of this has come to light again because Epstein's been charged with some other shit which is all a little hazy they're not really saying what he's done I think there is a word that it's possibly he paid underage girls for massages at his house and he then molested them so that's the word on you know what he has been doing now 
Like, where are you getting underage girls to massage you? I don't know where you'd even order them. That's just fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy. But, what do you expect? He's a fucking sex pest. He's a sex pest. And they gave him 13 months in jail. So, what, you you, you think that's going to cure him? It's going to fix it? Fuck no. Just. You know, because the the whole thing is, it's like, you get a certain time in jail and that's meant to rehab you. 13 months ain't going to rehab you from molesting a whole heap of people. That ain't, 13 months ain't shit. It's just, like, something needs to be done. Like, my man needs to now go, but the problem is he's 66. He's 66, right? So, I imagine that he's lawyer, because he's got, like, he's going to pay for the best lawyers. And I just imagine his dirty lawyer is going to plead that he's too old and frail to spend the rest of his life in jail. It's going to be probably some bullshit like that. But you know what? Fuck it. Who gives a who gives a fuck, right? Who gives a fuck? Someone just rancid. Someone is rancid of that. Let him die in jail. Fuck it. If he's too frail, then fine. He's going to die in there. Fuck it. Who gives a shit? Because he he fucked with a, a whole heap of poor girls' lives in 2008. And the motherfucker's done it again. And the crazy thing is, right? You know there's more. Because you're telling me that he waited 10 years before he did it again. No. There's more. Just no one knows about the others. So this fucking dirty monster has been fucking with people's lives. So yeah, let him rot in jail. Let him rot in jail. Fuck him. This is disgusting. It's disgusting, man. It's just like, oi. But, yeah, all these people who are complaining about, like, silliness, this is the shit that you should be protesting. This, this kind of shit. Shouldn't be putting bans on abortions and stuff like that. Should be trying to stop dirty, lecherous creeps like Epstein from being able to traumatize fucking people's lives. Oh, god damn it. Alright, alright. <sighs> and we started off so happy, right? So let us let us get on to some more upbeat talk, okay? Alright, let's do that.
Yo, so what better way to spend a Friday evening than go kick it on the South Bank, right? So that's what I did. Well, a little bit more than that, people. A little bit more than that. Because the BFI were, um, yeah, they were celebrating the modern classic that is Spike Lee's do the right thing, because, jeez, I, I believe the film is, um, 30 years old, 30 years old, how crazy is that, right, came out in 1989, yeah, ooh, so yeah, they were showing, do the right thing, and, um, yeah, the, the guys and gals from We Are Parable, 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 hmm, yes, um, they were doing a, a, a venue takeover, so they had, um, you know, that crazy jump rope, crazy-ass jump rope, that I just remember as a kid, man, and just like always thinking, oh, that's cool. And you know, those those moments where you think, I can do that. And you jump in and then you realize, no, I can't. I can't do this. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they were doing that. Um, they had like hopscotch. DJ Swerve was down there playing. Hey, you know what I mean? There's a lot of shit. And they were, they, yeah, they were handing out free beer and corn, um, corn chip things. Yeah. Which are kind of tasty, man. I have to say, they were kind of tasty. But yeah, it was like, I don't think I have seen Do The Right Thing in whew, at least like 15 years. At least. Like, I can't remember the last time I saw it. But I remember, because, you know what I mean? The, like, uh, those classic Spike Lee films, they were, you know, they used to show them, like, late night on TV. And I just remember watching them, man, as a kid. And just being like, yo, this is crazy. You know? But, yeah. So, I mean, look. The, the film is, let, let's break it down, so this is the film, tensions are high in Brooklyn, what starts as a spat in an Italian restaurant escalates to a tragic event in the neighborhood, in this astute, funny and moving film, boosting great performances across the board, Spike Lee's third major feature firmly established him as a hot property in Hollywood and a pioneering force to be reckoned with. Um, it's like, I'd, I'd forgotten how funny the film was. You know, the film was just, there's so many funny moments in the film. And, like, everyone in the spot was just laughing, man. And I'd also, I think I'd forgotten a lot about the film. Like, just the techniques utilised and, and stuff like that. Like, just the beginning of the film, 
You know, like, I had forgotten that there used to be, like, these kind of long intros that really didn't show anything of the film itself. You know what I mean? Like, and you'd have the music, and, yeah, I'd kind of forgotten about all of that. And just the style that, yeah, Spike used to use. Because, you know, it's different from the modern, like, his modern films. You know, like, just the, the, the approach is a lot different. But these films, there's this kind of... Oh, it's it's hard to kind of describe it, but it's kind of like a pictorial segmentation. You know, like you you'd have a sh- like there's a lot of fast cuts and obvious cuts as, and transitions as well to make you go, okay, we're moving from this to this. But it's kind of like forcing you to recognise what's going on. You know, there's no smooth, subtle, like, oh, did that just happen? No, 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 no. Spike is hitting you hard. You know, forcing you to recognise that this is happening. Um... And yeah, you watch the film and it's Oh, yeah, it's definitely there's some there's some raw moments in that film and the ending the ending is crazy, man. Because it's just like Oh, like Mookie, you know, he smashes the window. Then everything goes crazy. Then he goes asking for his money, and it's just like, yo, what the fuck is going on? This is insane. This is insane. And it, and it, I think, I guess you like look. You you can look at the film in so many ways. You can look at it in so many ways, and be like, look, Sal wasn't to blame for the death, but then. The interaction in the shop led to everything. So, you you I you know you can see why it all kicked off. But it's just like, oh man, you shouldn't have gone down like this, people. Shouldn't have gone down like this. But it's just like you know it, it's. It's that one of those things, though, right? Like, you, it's hard to kind of judge how how it's all gonna go down when it's crazy like that. But yeah, like, I think the film still holds up for sure. Although, um, I went with two of my favorite people, and um, yo, one of the. <laughs> Alex, she was just a bit like, man, there's a lot of shouting in the film, right? <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, those early Spike films were angry, man. They were angry. 
you know, and, and I guess, like, if you haven't seen this film until now, it's gonna kind of throw you through a loop, because it's so different to what we see now, you know, like, I can't remember a film that's come out that's been like this recently, like, I guess, um, Boots Riley's Sorry to Bother You, I wouldn't, when I watched that, it did remind me of early Spike films, you know, that, that alternative, um, I think just kind of screaming at the system, but just mad quirky and different, but it wasn't as shouty, it wasn't as, as crazy as that, but yeah, I think that was something that kind of definitely reminded me of early spike when i saw it but yeah i don't know man yo but rosie perez jeez i had forgotten how much i used to dig rosie perez and don't get me wrong rosie perez came and was like, yo, Kevin, let's run away together. I'd be like, okay, Rosie, let's go. <laughs> but Rosie Perez is so damn fine. And so, she's such a great actress, man. I love Rosie Perez. God damn it, man. Yeah. And yeah, no, it was it was a lot of fun. And then after the film, yo, we went... Um, the South Bank Market was still open, the f- that food market, you know what I mean? Just down the stairs from Nelson Mandela, opposite Ping Pong. So we went there. Listen, if, if you, you know, you're out and about in the area and you want some good food, some drink, some whatever, yo, you need to pop there, man, because it's a great spot, and especially in the summer. So, yeah, we went down there got a drink, they got some food, and we just kicked it, kicked it, caught up, and watched the, ah, man, the sunset was so fucking beautiful, it was such a nice evening, man, so, yeah, that, that was Friday, that was tonight, it was great, it was a great time, yeah, a really good way to start off this weekend, man, so uh, let's let's see if it can all stay at this level. Oh my God, people, people! God damn, today has been so damn good. It was, it was an incredible day. It, it was so good. So I'm just back from Hyde Park. It was um, one of the British summertime gigs. Uh, and this one was Stevie Wonder, the Stevie Wonder Song Party. And the lineup, people. When I tell you the lineup, woo! So you've got um, what well, the people I saw. So. Corin Bailey Ray, Liana La Havas, Lionel Richie, 
and the man himself, Stevie Goddamn Wonder. Oh, man. Like, you know what I mean? There was another tent, like Cuban Brothers, The Heavy, um, Four of Diamonds, Benedict Court, Conrad, and a few others. But <clears throat> I think I just kind of stayed by the main stage, really. But, uh, yeah, it was really good. But I should preface, preface, pre well i'm gonna add, i'm gonna take you back i'm gonna take you back because so this was a day that probably shouldn't have been as good as it was it it, it technically probably should have been a mess a mess but it wasn't so what happened was all right so last week here yeah, <clears throat> i um I went on a date, I went on a date, um, and it was a great date, it, it was a lot of fun, you know, we um, ended up in uh, the members bar at the Tate Modern, and we just talked, talked man, and just had a great, just great conversation, just laughing, and just, it, it was a, so much fun, and um, <laughs> alright, so also, I'd I'd booked these tickets for Stevie Wonder, forgotten all about it, and then I get a calendar alert going, oh, next week you're seeing Stevie Wonder, and I was like, ah, shit, hmm, so I went on this date, and it was a lot of fun, so, at the end of the date, I was just like, hey, had a lot of fun, do you want to come out next Saturday, and uh, she was like, yeah, and I'm like, cool, um, we're gonna go see Stevie Wonder, and she's like, wait, for real, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're seeing Stevie Wonder, like, the next day, she texts me, and it's like, were you joking about Stevie Wonder, I was like, no, we're gonna go see Stevie Wonder, but the thing is, so, you mean, there's this thing started, like, we got there, it, like, doors opened at one, we got there t at 2.30, so 2.30 and it finished at 10.30 Like, you know what I mean Give it 20 minutes, half an hour to get out of the damn place So that was like 8 out, eight hours, I believe I think, 8 hours, something like that It's a long day That's not a second date, right? That's not your normal, sensible second date But I rolled the dice, people. I rolled the goddamn dice. And, uh, hey, they came up sixes. Is sixes a good thing? I don't, I don't do dice. I don't play dice games, so I don't know. I'm assuming six is a good thing. So I'm going to say they came up. Because you get the analogy. It was a good date. Yeah? It was a, it was a good date. So, um, yeah, like, yeah, so we got there at 2.30, um, and then we, uh, we went, got a seat, sat, chilled, um, she went and got some drinks, so yeah, we were cool, and, hey, shit, like, you know when you're, you're dating someone sensible, when 
she came back with a selection of drinks Not just like one drink She was just like, listen It wasn't a long queue But I just thought, so we don't have to mess around So she brought back a couple of half bottles of wine And a mixer So I was like, boom We're good <clears throat> So yeah, we were chilling Listening to the music It was a bit, it was weird Because, not, not Anything, but it was just like um. So at two thirty, Corin Bailey Ray came on, and <clears throat> it seemed really early for some of these artists, and also the way the kind of poster was, it seemed that. Lionel Richie, Corin Bailey Ray and Liana Le Havas were special guests of Stevie Wonder which gives you the impression that they will be within Stevie's set so like Corin coming on straight it was a bit like oh oh shit okay huh that seems early and then Liana was on after her and then we're thinking, oh, I wonder who's going to cut Then Lionel came on And we're just like This seems really early For these people to be on Um, But yeah, I don't know It happened It, it then turns out like Stevie did a two hour set Which was cool I think one of the things was Because it was hot It was like, it's a hot day Luckily the weather did hold out There was a little a little bit of dribble A couple of times But it didn't last Which was good It was it literally came down just slightly But yeah So um Yeah I, I think one of the issues It was just like the humidity And then the fact It's such a You know it's a bright day so the the time's passing But you're not f Like in your head It doesn't seem like it's late So then um, Yeah Stevie came on at half eight And that was cool And he just went through Just classics Played classics man Which was awesome Like Oh I don't think he did my favourite I love Like I believe I believe is Probably, I think it's my favourite Stevie track I do think it's my favourite Stevie track But um, yeah, I don't believe he played it I might be wrong But I'm just like, you know what I mean? Just coming off that 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 vibe Because it took a while to get home too <laughs> But yeah, he's just playing tracks And it was awesome it was just so much fun, man So much fun And it was one of those things where you're like You know what I mean? You're very conscious That, like, is, um Yo, is my day enjoying herself? Is she having fun? And, uh, yeah, she loved it She had a blast Which was... Yeah, it's a relief And you know, It was just easy again It was just like You know, good Just the conversation It's good when conversation flows, right? 
and you can just talk and just laugh and just chill. So we're just talking and we're just talking about music and just all heaps of shit in between. And yeah, and it's just like, oh, you know, talking about the different songs and like stuff like that. Because you know what I mean? So you think about it, some of these, like, Corin came out like good 10 years ago, and Liana probably too, right, so you're just like, whoa, remembering, like, you know, just reminiscing, like, oh shit, I was doing this then, and that, and then um, Lionel played some Commodore hits too, and she she knew Commodores, which is cool, not everyone knows the Commodores, so it, it was, yeah, it's good, it's always good when, like, the person you're seeing likes I mean, at least some of the music you like And you can vibe over that Because there's nothing better than going to a good gig with someone, right? So that was cool Yeah, so we just had fun We just had fun listening to music and talking And you can't ask for much more than that Just awesome I have to say, like Um it the setup of the place was weird though, because in the because I haven't been to um to this event for a few years. I forget. I think Stevie may have been the last person I saw there. I think, yeah. Oh, was it Jay Z? Or it was Jay Z or Stevie? I forget. But it's been a while. It's been a good while. And so, there's before, if you had general admission, you could get right up to the stage. You know, some they, uh, sometimes they kind of cleared a, a semicircle section in front for the royal, um, what is it, like the royal circle guests and the VIP guests. And then sometimes they kind of cleared it at the side of the stage coming in a bit. But general admission could always get to the front. So you always had this great atmosphere, you know. This year, yo, the whole section in front of the stage was locked off. Yeah, it was locked off for like these... Gold circle, royal circle, whatever you want to call it And um, VIP guests So, <clears throat> I mean, it was busy It was busy, right? So you could say it was warranted for the space But the problem with it was uh, At one point a DJ came on um, I forget what my man's name was But DJ came on and he was calling, you know, he was calling for energy, he was calling for responses. But the people at the very front, yo, they're not the ones that are going to be giving you that shit. It's not going to go down like that. So, it was, um, yeah, it, it kind of killed a bit of the atmosphere from that respects. Because, yeah, the, like, general admission was way back. Which was kind of crazy. I would be pissed. Because, 
you kind of wonder what they could see. Now, there was two big screens either side of the stage. And then there was a screen kind of like way up in the sky. And then there was a screen further back, kind of in the middle kind of bit. So I guess there was screens people could see. But that's not really the thing, right? I guess, I don't know. I don't know. Like, wouldn't you want to see the stage? Or just be close to the stage for the atmosphere? Yeah? Because I, that, that was always the thing. Like, going to gigs, man. Just being in the midst of that crazy atmosphere where everyone's vibing and just having a ill time. So... Yeah, so that made it kind of odd like that. Also, so they put down this kind of um, balding kind of thing to to help, I guess, for the accessibility with wheelchairs. And I suppose it helps in case it rains and it gets muddy. But I have to say, like they put the balding down... But they didn't do anything to try and even out the ground. The balding was on. So you, so the balding was still all over the place. It was not even. It was a little hazardous. It was a little hazardous. So I'm just like, hey, you might as well have just left it to the ground. Because this isn't the best. It's not the best for sure. But yeah, that was so that was crazy. Um and so yeah, it it was fun, man. But at the end, so it it was good to see this because Stevie was just like, listen, I'm just playing a few more gigs, like three more gigs. So this and two others, and then I'm gonna go have a kidney transplant. So it's just like, oh shit, damn. Because you know. I think the, the the transplant will be. I, I imagine that will all be fine, but that's gonna be a long recovery. Like that's not just an easy recovery. It's because you know you have to take all the drugs and stuff, and you know the the, the period of time to make sure that it all it holds and everything like that. So I imagine that's gonna be draining as hell. So I can imagine Stevie's not going to be doing any touring for a while. And you know what I mean? These might be the last few gigs. Just because the fact being, as I said, look, that that kind of, it's going to be a draining operation. So he might not just have the energy to gig anymore. So I was really... Yeah, it's always been, I think this is like the fourth time I've seen him And it's always a good time So yeah, I was really happy to go Um, Leaving Oh my gosh Leaving was a bit of a nightmare Because it's dark So they haven't got many lights on To help you find your way and, like, in previous years, there's been marshals to be like, yo, come this way, yo, this way, this way, boom, boom, boom. Nothing. Nothing this year. So, 
Yeah, I think we went this long ass way out because it's dark. Like, how are you meant to find your way? So we went this this long ass way out. Then, as they do, man, so they locked off like Marylebone, and I think one of the other stations was shut. We thought we'd be slick and just walk straight to Green Park. Because it was the furthest away, so we're just like, yeah, alright, no one's going to be at Green Park, we'll be cool. Ha! <laughs> People, that was not the case. <laughs> that definitely was not the case. So, um, we, uh, yeah, we got to Green Park, and Green Park was busy, busy as hell, man. So so it took a little while It wasn't anything too crazy It wasn't anything too crazy I've had worse journeys home So we were able to get on the tube And uh, make, yeah, make our way home So yeah, that was, it was just fun, man We had a great time But the other thing that just made this a great time A great evening so, you know, it, it it's like um yeah. So it's my it's like my birthday next week, and um, I kind of forgot. Like I kind of like it's just been a lot on. So I was a bit like ah, you know what's it? And because also because because I had to go and I didn't know what when this whole biopsy was going to be or anything like that so I just hadn't made any plans and then like on Friday when I was um I went to the old uh do the right thing with my friends and they were like oh so what you got planned and I was like oh shit yeah I've got nothing planned <laughs> I I have no clue have no clue what I'm doing so um you know so we, we during the day we we were um like at Stevie so we were talking and she's just like um it's your birthday coming up right and i was like yeah um and she's like yeah because i saw you're a cancer so i'm assuming it must be coming up because I you see, because I know it hasn't been, and I was just like, yeah, no, it's coming. She's like, when is it? <laughs> and I'm just like, uh, it's Tuesday. And she's like, oh shit, it is coming up. I was like, yeah. She's like, what have you got planned? And I was just like, you know what? I ain't got nothing planned because I'd kind of forgotten. She's like, oh, okay. And then a little bit later, she's just like, so you've got nothing planned? I was like. No, she's just like, would you like to um maybe go get some food? I was just like, oh shit, yes, amazing. So, not only did I, was it a great day, but I get a third day, and my birthday isn't gonna suck. So it's awesome. So um yeah, in my head there's a there's this really good steak restaurant. Um from Argentinian steaks, baby. So uh yeah, 
that's what I think I'm gonna book. So, uh, yeah, great day, right? Great day, amazing music, awesome company. I'm happy as a motherfucker for sure. God damn it, man. And um, yeah, I am not tired, so uh, <laughs> but but UFC, so I need to stop talking and I need to go watch some fights, all right? So uh, yeah, <laughs> you'll get the um, the the fight breakdown in a bit, all right? Peace. God damn it, people. Whoa. That's all I can say. UFC 239. John Jones v. Tiago Santos was such a great event. Such a great event. Took place at the T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. And... We've just had another night of phenomenal fights. This is insane. The last, I don't know, I think it's been like three events have just been incredible. Like, just incredible fights. Like, the amount of fights on this card that had you, like, jumping out of your seat, like... Whoa, it was just, oh man, yeah, 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 it, like, oh, I'm just trying to think of, you know, like, I don't think there were many, I think there was one dull fight out of the whole card, one dull fight. Which, that's something, right? That is something. And some of the stoppages were just phenomenal. Just phenomenal. Like, Arnold Allen, I think his performance really... I, I think it will make people take notes. Because that was a great performance, right? Then you had um, Song Yadong, another standout performance. Edmund Shabazian, incredible, incredible. Then on the main card, Jan, Bl- Jan Blakovic's got a good win, but I think there's caveats. Amanda Nunes Like what can you say man What can you say That was <laughs> That was something It really was And um, I think Jones Showed That even when he's not On He's on You know Like it was probably closer than people would have suspected, but hey, it was still a a good performance. Um, but <laughs> but 
I think the night was stolen by Jorge Masvidal. God damn it. God damn it. That was just, just insane. Uh, you know, that's going to be on the highlight reel for the rest of the UFC. You know, I'm like, what's going to top it? What's going to top it? A fish, and you know, technically it was quicker. It was quicker as well. Because it took a while for the referee to get there. You know, you kind of think that maybe there should be a thing where the ref can press a button and you'll have a big horn which will indicate, yo, that's the end. Because if so, then they don't have to try and run across the octagon to get to someone. Because if that had happened, I think that knockout would have been in, what, two, three seconds? It was just... Woo! Oh, it, was, it made you uncomfortable. It was that brutal. Yeah, it was It was just... Oh, my God. Whoa. But, um, yes. So, this is just a brief little overview, right? And I'm going to put out a more in-depth breakdown um, tomorrow. Because... Yeah, I realise that the break, the UFC breakdowns were, were taking a lot of time. So, it was making the episode very long. And I'm trying to figure out how to, uh, how to improve timings, you know what I mean? So, proper breakdown tomorrow, okay? Awesome. Okay, people, so this week I decided to check out Years and Years, um, which is a, a TV series that is a collaboration between the BBC and HBO. So, you know what I mean? It seemed like something that a lot of people would have access to, so boom, let's talk about this. Also, um, some of my friends were like, oh yeah, it's really good, check it out, boom, boom, boom. Um, so yeah, I thought, why not? Now, it is written and created by Russell T. Davis. I think, I believe that he created Queer as Folk and he was a writer on the first, oh, I want to say four seasons of the reboot of Doctor Who. Uh, the the series stars uh, Rory Kinner, Tania Miller, Anne Reed, Ruth Madley, Jessica Hines, Emma Thompson, uh, Jade Allian, Lydia West, Maximum Bad Baldry, and uh, a host of other talented actors and actresses uh, so the gist of the story is this the six-part series follows the british Man manchester based lions family 
Daniel is getting married to Ralph. Stephen and Celeste worry about their kids. Rosie is looking for a new partner. And Edith is engaged in one of in one humanitarian cause after another. Presiding over them all is Gran. The Imper the uh, the Imperious Muriel. All their lives converge on one crucial night in 2019, and the story accelerates into the future, following the lives and loves of the Leons over the next 15 years, as Britain is rocketed by unstable political, economic, and technological advances. So yeah, that is... um. That's the, 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 you know, the overall gist of it all. Um, like, each episode is, it's like an hour, 60 minutes. Um, so, yeah, technically there's a lot happening. Um, and it's kind of like, there's a frame, there's framing devices that are used. Like, um, every episode you see a year turn so it goes you know they they celebrate tw- um new year's eve so they usually celebrate new year's eve um they usually celebrate their grand's birthday and um lincoln's birthday so they're the kind of um things that they use to kind of bring the family back together or have them have a big conversation and, and, you know, just stuff like that. So, yeah, I was intrigued because, um, you know, going in, I didn't really know anything about it. You know, I I kind of heard rumblings, but I didn't really know the gist. Um, And I knew, all I knew was that it kind of jumps through time. Um, I thought it started earlier than 2019, but no, so it jumps, and I think it ends in 2042 or something like that, um, but yeah, I think it started off, it started off kind of interesting, you know, but I think, well, you know, let me I'll talk on the positives and then I'll talk on the negatives. Okay, so, yeah, for the, like, the story isn't a bad one. You know, like, I think the main gist of the story is kind of political up, upheaval and all of that. Well, I say the story's not a bad one. I mean, basically, they're, they're taking current situations and going, oh, I wonder what would happen if this we did this, and oh, and if we did that, and if then that happened, and blah 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 blah. So, like, it's not overly inventive or anything like that. But I, I guess the thinking is, um, you know, tell a story that is um, kind of centered around what's currently going on. And try and show people what possible outcomes might be. You know, so I think that was the gist because, you know, 
people uh maybe more likely to kind of want to watch it if that's the case so there's that and yeah we're kind of we focus on different stages and you know what's going on in the world and how it then affects like the family and all of this kind of stuff and we see like these different relationships within the family you know the siblings and all of that which is um yeah all of that is fine um it's it's shot well you know no real issues with with the way it's shot or the cinematography or anything like that i'd say some of the acting isn't the best it's a bit formulaic you know i would say that and some of the people really just aren't utilized aren't utilized at all so you've got rose's kids like the main focus is really on lincoln and then the others yeah just <laughs> you know don't really focus on that it's like um stephen and celeste's children um bethany is probably the main focus ruby doesn't really get much of a feature she kind of, she's always there in the background, doesn't really say a lot, Does, she, she doesn't really play a pivotal role in anything that goes on, so if you removed her, you'd be like, eh, okay, whatever, fine. Um, One of the things that really did jump out and just seem like it was just... It was because it just seems a bit forced. It's just the whole makeup of the family. So you've got a um, interracial relationship, Stephen and Celeste. You have Daniel, who is the gay son. Um, you then have Rosie, who's got um, I think spina bifida. She's in a wheelchair. Um. She then, ha she's had a relationship with a guy of um, Chinese descent. So she's got a, um, you know, uh, a, 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 a mixed race baby of white and Chinese background. So you have all of this, which is just like, you're really ticking the boxes here. You know what I mean? And then they they make Lincoln the the little um you know kid they they make him um like trans it would seem like it's never said but you slowly see this kid you know wearing pigtails then dresses and and it's like look i don't have a problem with any of it i don't really care but it's just so it just seems so glaringly forced you know what i mean which is just a bit like 
you it's like why you know just like you 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 it seems that you know because don't get me wrong like look you definitely can't say that that is the norm in 2019 you can say that certain things are becoming more at the forefront but don't try and tell me that that is the norm and everything's accepting and you know what I mean? because it's not it's just not and when you try and put out these kind of messages like oh look everyone's so happy together we're so accepting and look oh no bullshit bullshit that's one of the big issues with society today because everyone wants a fucking safe space oh you can't use this word you can't use this word oh you've offended me oh you know because people are constantly shown these false like depictions of the world and it's just fake it's just fake so like that was a just something that was just a bit like oh dear and then every single issue that was approached it's just done in this way that's just a little bit ridiculous a little bit ridiculous like there's a situation with money there there's a like there's this whole transhuman thing so we have that um, there, there's a whole, like, there's a few infidelities, and, uh, you know, thing with immigration, and everything, and it's all just a little forced, all a little forced, and so you're just like, oh, come on, like, what's, and, you know, Everything has to happen to the Leon fam, the Lions family. You know, like everything has to happen with them. Look, I think, fine. You want to make this family kind of at the heart of the story, fine. But I think a better way of doing it with some of the issues, you can have some things happen to the family, have some happen to people they know. Because, yo, Everyone talks about, yo, did you know, did you hear what happened to Lucy? Yeah, ba 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 bum or god damn it. So, fucking Malik, man, his family is in the shit right now. It's just, whoa. You know, so you can have that. That would have been a good device. Have them reacting to what's happening to people they know and stuff like that. But it's just the way they did it. It was just all a bit OTT. And it just becomes a bit tiresome. You know what I mean? I just didn't care. Just didn't care. It was just all a bit ridiculous, like, the whole, like, then you have their reactions to, like, a lot of this political stuff, and at the beginning, it is one thing, and then when it all goes to shit, it, they've done a 180, but they never, ever talk about the fact that they were on the other side at one point, you know what I mean, they never address those things, which is just a bit like, alright, because 
everything's a little grandstandy. You know what I mean? Like, when there's an issue, you'll have one of them do a monologue about it. And it's just like, really? Like, we don't really talk like this. We don't really interact like this. You know? So, it's just like, right, you, you've established that this is what you're doing. You're using this device. So, have people reflect on bad decisions. Have them do that. You know what I mean? It, it's just like, ugh. You're, 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 even in a shitty story, you're only willing to tell half-truths. Which is just a little ironic. You know what I mean? So it's just, yeah, for me, it was just all a bit unsatisfactory. I just felt I could see what was going to go on. You know what I mean? A lot of it I felt was predictable. And a lot of it, I well, for the, the most of it, I just didn't care about. I was, you know, like... I lost interest in all the characters. I wasn't really invested in them. But yeah, look, I was talking to you know my peoples that I went out with on Friday um, to see do the right thing. Yo, they they're enjoying it. They're enjoying it. You know what I mean? So look, understand these are just my thoughts. You know. I can be picky as a motherfucker, and I will, look, I don't sleep, right, so all that happens is my brain just analyzes and breaks shit down, so I guess if I was getting eight hours a night, I wouldn't give a fuck, I'd watch something like this, and then switch off, but no, I break it down, I just break everything down, so yeah, it's not for me, wasn't for me, but look, it it probably is for a whole gang of other people, you know what I mean, um, hmm, now, I would probably say that, oh, you know what, this is us, if you like this is us, and I know a whole gang of people love this is us, because I see the chatter man, I see the chatter, so if you are a fan of this is us, then yeah, I think this is all you, I think this is your bag, I think you'll enjoy this, so use that as your gauge, if you're a fan of this is us, then boom, you go, you go get you some, but if the issues that I've, I have with it, think, if you think, oh, that would kind of bug me, then, yeah, there you go, take, but take it for what you will, it's just my thoughts, man, just my thoughts, okay, so this week, I, um, oh, I was on Audible, just flicking around, checking out, like, I, I think, I can't remember what I was doing, it might have been looking at the, um, coming soon section, and what did I find, but a new Andrew Cart, Cartmel book, 
Um, so Andrew has is written a series called The Vinyl Detective Mysteries. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so I'd read the first three. They're enjoyable books. You know what I mean? Um, and there was a fourth book coming. Flip back. Uh, and now it's out. So I thought, hey, let me read it. So. The gist of the book is this. It's all Tinkler's fault. If it weren't for his obsession with the 1970s band Black Dog, none of this would have happened. The members of Black Dog performed an infamous publicity stunt on Halig Island. They burned a million dollars on an enormous bonfire. But the stump backfired, splitting the band for good and increasing the value of their final record album tenfold. The Vinyl Detective and Nevada accept the challenge to hunt a copy down for Tinkler, but soon realise that the search is going to be their most dangerous yet. Narrow Lily... Narrowly avoiding a killing spree, negotiating deranged fans, and being pers- pursued by hack celebrity Stink, Stinky Stammer. They discovered that perhaps all was not as it seemed on Hallig Island, and that in the embers of that fire are clues of a motive for murder. The fourth book in the hilarious and enthralling vinyl detective mystery series. So, um, yeah, and this was this was read by Finlay Robertson. Um, I think if you've read the previous books, this this is all the elements that you've probably enjoyed from those. Yeah, it. It's not, it's not a complicated, you know, concept or 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 uh, you know idea that really runs through the book. And to be honest, I pretty much knew who did it, like straight away. You know, I I it it wasn't um, yeah, I didn't find it difficult. I was a bit like. Hmm. It is probably that person, and yeah, it kind of turned out to be that person. But now, this is the thing, right? So some books, yeah, it's it's a bit tiresome when you know off the gate who um who did it, where it's going, and all of that. But the one thing I will say for Andrew's um books is. Even though at times, yeah, you kind of figure out, yeah, I know where that's going. The way he gets there is interesting and fun, you know, and that's the good thing. He, he, it, it's not just okay. So we're going from A to B to C. He like messes around with it a bit, so you you do get an enjoyable ride, you know, where you're going. And also, I think a lot of this series and and this book as well, it's about like the relationships with the characters. You know, like um, 
you've got uh, the vinyl detective himself. Um, yeah, so his girlfriend Nevada, he's um his best friend Tinkler, um Flathead or Agatha. You know, so it's it's a really good kind of um relationships between those characters. Yeah, and, and that's always enjoyable, just that kind of those interactions. You know, is it's kind of fun. Um so yeah, that's all good. And then I think just them trying to solve things is always a bit like hmm, okay. So they're doing that? Huh. Weird people. Like there's there are bits of it that are a bit like wait, what? I don't make any sense. Like when they stumble upon a murder or things like that, they contaminate the fuck out of a crime scene, which does make you wonder how is it their fingerprints have never come up? Because yeah, they're not great about you know leaving no evidence, or they just throw evidence away. You know, it's just a bit like. Why did you throw that away? It's just like, oh, I don't like guns. He's like, yeah, but that's proof that those people just try to kill you. Yeah, so, yeah, there's bits like that that do make you scratch your head a little. But, you know, these these guys aren't detectives. So, yeah. It's not that much of a stretch to think that they would just do these ridiculous things, you know. But it's all fine. It's all good. Um, yeah. Look, as I said, look, these are enjoyable books. Um, it's kind of like it's good. I think with this one that we go off to a different location, you know. And like in some of the other books, yeah, they they. they disappeared into other places and stuff so that's always good you know it, it kind of keeps things a bit fresh and interesting um there is no at the end there is no obvious oh so that's gonna be the next book so yeah i don't know who knows really if there's gonna be a fifth book in the series but um yeah, this this I mean it's fun. It's a fun book. It's it's an easy it's an easy read, which is yeah, it's always good sometimes, you know, when you've done a lot of heavy shit. Sometimes you want something that you don't have to think about. But um also I don't look you you won't have to have read the previous three books to enjoy and get into this one. But if you have read this one without the others, I definitely recommend it. So, book one is Written in Dead Wax. You've got um book two, The Runout Groove. And then book three is a Victory Disc. So, yeah, if you if you enjoyed Flip Back, I I I would definitely um say you would enjoy the other books. But um yeah, this was Flip Back, book four in 
the Vinyl Detective Mysteries series, uh, written by Andrew Cartmel and read by Finley Robertson. So, um, yeah, I, as normal, I picked it up on audible.co.uk. Um, yeah, and I'd imagine you can get it on the dot com and some of the other sites. So, yeah, if you like a fun kind of, um, I guess, crime thriller series, then um, I, I think this would be for you. You know, I'd, I'd say, look, if you're a fan of um, River of London, if you're a fan of um, the Alex Vera series, now, it's not supernatural um but those books have got such an easy vibe about them uh and this does as well so if you like the the vibe of those books and those series if you like the flow if you like just the easy nature of being able to pick them up and just enjoy them and read and engross yourself within them then I think you will find that with this final detective mystery series so yeah if this sounds like it could be for you go check it out cool okay people so we are getting to the end of another episode and um yeah, so that means a little bit of TV news. So word has come that um, Netflix are going to start to tighten the reins on their budget. So, you know, it, they've, they've dropped a big lunk, hunk of change on like comedy specials, TV series and films. And... At the beginning, some of that stuff was a bit dodgy. The comedy specials are all decent. But when it comes to film and TV, some were suspect. But of late, we've been seeing better quality content. Unfortunately, though, something that was expected to do big was Triple Frontier which cost 115 million to produce unfortunately it didn't do very well um and yeah we did review it on echo chamber a few months back and it wasn't the best wasn't the best all fizzle no bang really so they're looking to avoid Things like that and just spend on, st you know what I mean, just try and make sure that the, the things that they're spending on has um, more likely re positive return. But, you know, they're still spending money because we've got The Witcher coming um, and The Division, which, uh, you know, a big shows and which leads into the next story Neil Gaiman is bringing his Sandman to Netflix as a TV series yes people that is right you know th this property has been bouncing around for so long 
um, yeah, like at the beginning it was going to be a TV, then there was talk of it being a film, then a TV series again, then a film with Gordon, um, Gordon Joseph, Gordon Joseph Levitt, or is it Joseph Gordon Levitt? It's one of those. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and that didn't, you know, take off. But Netflix has, um, yeah, joined forces with Warner Brothers Television. And they're going to be bringing the property to Netflix as a TV series. Which is, um, yeah, this is big stuff, man. This is big stuff. So Alan Heinberg, who um, people will know from like Grey's Anatomy and a whole heap of other stuff. He's written comics, you know, he, he, he's, he's done some quality work. So he's going to write and uh, serve as the showrunner on this series, um, which is big. And uh, I believe that the first season is um, is going to be 11 episodes. Uh, so it's going to feature um, the first graphic novel, Preludes and Nocturnes. Um, and possibly a little bit more than that. Um, but, like, no, no word on, you know, how much bleed over there will be, but, uh, yeah, 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 um, David Escower is going to be an executive producer, um, along with Gaiman, and, um, so, yeah, they're, they're all pretty jazzed, I mean, um, what is it? So, <clears throat> I Gower did have um, this to say. I'm hoping we can make something on television that feels as personal and, and as true as best of the Sandman comics did. Just set 30 years later than Sandman the comic. Um, yeah, I mean... Like the, the you know the comic book featured Dream, also known as Morpheus, who's the Lord of the Dream World, and um, it starts off with him being held captive for seven decades by an occult ritual. He then escapes, but finds his kingdom has fallen into disrepair in his absence, and he sets about changing his old ways. Hard for a being who has been around for billions of years. So, uh, that's the big news, man. That's the big news. I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping that this is, uh, you know, true to the comic books. And has that weird kind of quirky, but kind of personal feel to it. But yeah. So that's it for um, this week. I am now heading out. 
um, to go get a, a steak with an extremely nice young lady. So, people, I will see you next week. We'll be back at our regular Wednesday time. Um, so, yeah, I will see you then. Echo Chamber will drop on Thursday as normal. There may be something coming tomorrow. We will see. All right, people. Peace.